spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. This is not a test. This is your emergency broadcast system. Hello and welcome to a uh, another edition of Subliminal Deception Podcast, your weekly dose of conspiracy theory bullshit. My name is Cody, and I'm joined by my pal Phil. How are you? Doing good, buddy. How about yourself? Not doing too bad. We should probably uh, just get this out of the way that due to it being Christmas weekend and everybody and their mother has shit to do, uh, we're going to take a break again this week just because honestly it's probably more my fault because I just seem like I had something to do every single night this week and it's just uh I'm kind of excited to get over the Christmas hump how are uh, yes. are you you feel that way as well oh yeah definitely basically you know well I know that you had what your birthday last weekend and then all this Christmas prep to do this week so, and it was your turn to do the episode. So definitely. Yeah, it's uh, it's good to have these little guys in here. And next week, we're going to be back with the uh, our yearly, our actual annual episode of looking back and looking forward on conspiracies for the new year. I'm looking for 2021 and 2022. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to that because, man, there is a lot of seeds that uh, had been planted in the conspiracy world from last year uh and obviously there's someone that we used to talk about quite a bit on the show whose trial is going on currently so we'll probably have to talk about her as well um there is a conspiracy that i saw revolving around her i'll i'm gonna save that for next week it's actually kind of fun um so we'll we'll save that for then really quick uh i wanted to mention we got a great review on apple uh you know five star review they're always you know welcome but especially the written reviews are great uh there was one from nate and cody it actually showed up on your birthday uh the 17th of december oh yeah so he was actually um he had been listening to quite a few episodes he said and he was wondering if we were going to do an episode about skinwalkers so i was gonna say nate uh you didn't really, I don't really know, like, email, inst- Instagram, anything like that to get a hold of you. I was going to say really quick that it's one of those episodes that we're probably definitely going to do. We're just saving for an anniversary or, like, a big special episode because it's definitely going to be a two, maybe three-parter. So possibly for the 150th or 200th episode. But, yeah, in the future, we're definitely going to do it. Well, the the interesting thing about Skinwalker, right, is it's not... It's kind of weird because it's like an amalgamation of a bunch of different paranormal things. You've got the base level is the ancient Native American legend about skinwalkers. Uh, obviously, yes. is what a medicine man who has to do evil deeds and then he can shapeshift into different animals. Obviously, there's kind of that paranormal aspect of it. And then you get things like Skinwalker Ranch where you're kind of com- like mixing in alien shit which is really interesting. Have you ever watched is I know it was on Hulu. I don't know if it was on Netflix. It was called The Hunt for Skinwalker. It's a documentary no, I movie. I I know I do know that there are quite a few uh stories just like Nate left us about skinwalkers, but I do know that a lot of it now is revolving around either is a skinwalker ranch or some like toadlick ranch or something like that. Toad Lick Ranch. Well, there's I, it's some TV show. It's like something Toads. One of the guys I work with huh. said that I should definitely do an episode on it. It's like something Toad Ranch. Uh, they do. Apparently, it's on one of the conspiracy channels. <laughs> it's History Channel ID, whatever, okay. you know. Okay. Well, the uh, the documentary Hunt for Skinwalker is actually quite good. Uh, I don't know if you remember the kind of famous book regarding... Um, 
the like investigation of Skinwalker Ranch, but the documentary is kind of a branch off of the guy who wrote that book, I believe, if I remember right, because it's kind of one main guy who is involved with the whole thing. It's quite good. No, I don't. All right. Well, I was I was gonna say what uh, what channel before I get into his story. He actually left us a story that I was gonna read. Okay. But before I get into that story, uh, what channel was that on, or is it on a streaming service? Well, it it was on Hulu. Okay. Um, I'm not sure if it was on Netflix as well, but if you search for it, it's got like a like a mountainside that looks like a Skinwalker's head, kind of on the cover. It's very okay. easy to find. I'm sure you can probably find it on Tubi with yeah, plenty probably. of commercial breaks. Probably. So he actually left us a story, and I don't I don't know if I have permission to say it, but he did post it publicly. So I'm just going to tell us the story that he left really quick, and then we can get into the rest of the show. Okay. This was about a year ago. I was camping with family and friends somewhere in northern Nevada. So it was about 2 or 3 a.m., and everyone else had gone back into their camper or tent. But I decided to stare at the stars and drink some whiskey. I went to go take a walk, and I heard a little girl laugh. And then it sounded like the laughing was coming from all around me. I heard the most horrifying scream that put me into a state of almost unconsciousness. After that, my heart sunk, and I couldn't run. I just stood there, and I saw it, staring at me from top of the hill. It was the most gruesome and evil creature that I had ever seen. After about a minute or so, I blinked and then it was gone. I then walked back to my tent and couldn't go to sleep because I had heard screams all night long and I was seeing silhouettes walking around the tent every now and again. The next morning, I asked my dad if he had heard anything the night before and he said that he hadn't. Ever since that day, I have seen them more and more, but I haven't had another close encounter like that one. Hopefully, never will again. Well, first off, very creepy. Uh, yes. That would, the fact that he remained at the campsite and didn't attempt to leave, I don't know. I think I would have tried to left. But yeah, the, the little girl thing I think is interesting because I do feel like that is a, uh, what would you call it? Like, that seems to go hand in hand. It, it goes well, along with it. I know that. And I think it also goes along with, is it alien stuff? I think. I don't know if you... Go ahead. You do hear it a lot more... I was gonna, sorry about that. Uh, you do hear it a lot more with skinwalkers than with aliens. Hearing, like, um, kind of like a, almost a disarming or, like, kind of a frightening. The first thing is auditory. With aliens, the first thing you see is always seems to be lights. Right. You know what yeah. I think I'm thinking of? Uh, the show Hellier, right? Uh Yes. They talk about the little goblins. I don't know if you've ever watched it, but the old legend was hearing a child crying inside of the cave to try to, like, lure people into it. That's, I think, yeah. where I was seeing the little bit of a parallel there. But it, regardless, if I'm camping in the middle of nowhere and I hear a goddamn kid crying, a little girl crying, I'm going to be uh, going to be a little uneasy there. Yeah, it kind of reminds me, living out in the country when I was a kid, whenever you would hear a rabbit dying, that yeah. is the most bone-shrieking sound on Earth. Uh, yeah. Like, if you've ever, I know you probably have heard that, living out in the country. Yeah. It's almost as bad as fucking hearing a Cher song, honestly. But Oh, it, yeah. Close. It's yeah. Uh, The first time I ever heard it, I probably had heard it in the wild, but never really... Not didn't necessarily know what it was. The actual first time I heard it or actually realized what it was was my old work partner. He's a bit of a, would you say hillbilly, okay? Yeah. He, uh, big hunter, and he was watching the Outdoors Channel or something in the break room, and they were hunting coyotes, and they have that little decoy that plays that screaming over and over and over to, like, lure them over there. Uh, yeah. Quite... Quite an unsettling noise. I can uh, can tell you that much. Oh, very much. It sounds like a child being like viciously just like ripped apart. It's it's the most unnerving sound you'll ever hear. But I was gonna talk about that story a little bit. Um, it's a, it's a great creepy pasta, and I really like it. 
Um, if I had to put on my skeptic hat though, I would maybe say my first theory might be sleep paralysis. If I just had to, you know, say it right off the bat, uh, not that I don't believe his story, but it does, whenever I hear anything happening, uh, in a situation where maybe someone should be in bed or they could possibly be sleeping, I think it might be sleep paralysis. But I realize that that's, you know, when the skinwalkers strike. And he did say that he's been having this kind of reoccurring. But yeah, it was a little weird that he didn't leave right away or try to get his family out of there or wake someone else up. But maybe that's just kind of like the, you know, whatever the skinwalkers do to a person too. So Well, that, that brings up a good question. If it was, take off your skeptic hat, put on your fun hat. If it was a skip, if it was a skinwalker, what is the point of scaring them? Are they trying to scare them away? Is there a reason for scaring them? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I have. Um, I have no idea. Maybe it is to scare them away. Maybe they're you know too close to their nest or wherever they you know their home is. He did say Northern Nevada. I'm not sure exactly where is kind of like Skinwalker territory. It's kind of out in that, like the mountains out there, well, right? I, I think uh, I'm in his own like an idiot here, but I think Skinwalker Ranch is in Idaho or one of those or Utah or one of those forgotten states over there. Oh, I believe one of those, one of those, the big states, one of the flyover states. Yeah. Um. Yeah. The, uh, all of those states are Wyoming, Idaho, kind of that whole region, Utah, um, Nevada, parts of Nevada. Obviously, there are people living in, you know, Vegas, but that's about it. Vegas <laughs> yeah. is also kind of a shithole from what I hear. But yeah, it's, um, you know, Skinwalker Ranch is the epicenter for popular culture. I'm not sure if it is for sightings, though. So, uh, yeah, I I don't know. We Wouldn't we do an episode we get into it, but I know... They had the researchers there, say Skinwalker yes. Ranch, and then somebody else bought it, and now it's like on lockdown. So it's kind of weird in that way, and I think it's something attached to the government now that you can't go in there. So Oh, really? Yeah, which I guess that always kind of, whenever the government gets involved like that, it kind of always makes you, or makes people paranoid, I guess. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, it's kind of weird. It almost... Having the having it on lockdown and not allowing there to be really any more research is almost kind of perpetuating possibly the stories or the myths or kind of what's going on with the telling of Skinwalker Ranch, not really allowing it to be either confirmed or debunked. So like, that's kind of a weird choice. Here's the other thing. If the government was controlling it and they found out something they wanted there, right, military yeah. or something like that. What the fuck could they possibly get out of a skinwalker? I mean, it wouldn't, I don't know if it'd be the skinwalkers, but supposedly there's some kind of portal. Just like we talked about that castle in England, um, yeah. that one castle that has the supposed portal to hell or a portal to the other dimension. What if they found the portal there? You know, yeah, one I... of those situations in a cave, like Hellier, like a cave out right, there somewhere. Right. Well, I could they send in Kurt Russell like they did in uh, Stargate? Oh, they could always send in Kurt Russell in <laughs> any situation. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's one of those deals where, I don't know. It's it's also, you know, there's the Hollow Earth theory of it all that goes along. Like kind of where Hellier and Hollow Earth kind of connect is, are there these portals in the cave, you know, to the Middle Earth, to the Hollow Earth? So I I yeah, I don't know. I know from all the times I've heard about Skinwalker Range in particular, a lot of I always feel like you hear about more alien stuff than yeah. Skinwalker stuff, which could lead to your theory of portals or were gateways or whatever they would use to travel through. Yeah, the thing about aliens is it's a good vehicle. Or a good red string to bind other conspiracies together. So, I mean, Skinwalkers, you know, Hollow Earth, all of these things. They've even, uh, like aliens, they even try to put Sasquatch in with aliens. That sort of thing. So, right. aliens are always a really good kind of binder for all of these conspiracies to go together. 
I do think I'm in the camp, though, that thinks there is some sort of, I don't want to say connection between aliens, ghosts, and all that, but some something in the, like, dimensional aspect of all of them, if that makes any sense. Like, I don't know, I would assume if an alien from however far away can travel here, they must use some sort of... <laughs> dimensional travel or like something like that you know what i mean yeah well i mean it is just like star trek there's all all different sorts of alien races different alien beings and i mean some of them are third dimensional like we are some of them are fourth dimensional like q some of them are fifth dimensional. not only they're traveling through time and space but also interdimensionally yeah so yeah i mean there there could be those aliens out there who don't even need a vehicle to travel. Maybe they just, their technology just kind of like allows them to travel between dimensions. So they're not really traveling through space. They're just opening up kind of, you know, a rip in our dimension and going into another one. So who knows? I mean, honestly, it's kind of like where the fiction writer deal kind of comes in and you're just making this stuff up, really. I can say this. If aliens were like Q... I don't want him because he's annoying as shit. Oh yeah, these fucking malevolent beings, you know, not even not even benevolent like they're helping. They're just there to fucking piss everybody off. I don't and, even know, you know if he test was, everybody. I don't even know if he was malevolent. I think he was just fucking neutral and annoying. Just annoying as shit. Yeah, yeah he was. That whole species, that the the whole story arc in that's kind of interesting. It seemed like the Q who was fucking with the, the the Enterprise was definitely kind of like a rogue in just how much he was fucking with, like, the human race and all of that. So, because, like, the Q, like, Q came from a species of Q that, like, lived in kind of this weird um, outside of our dimension that they, like, kind of created for themselves, this weird continuum. So, it was odd, but... yeah. 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 Well, uh, we need to thank Nate for that delectable story there. Actually, it was beautiful. Uh, thank you so much, Nate. And anybody else who wants to leave a five-star review and tell a awesome tale like that, if you do that, we we probably will talk about it because that is awesome. But uh, moving on to a new subject here. Phil, I want to know, uh, what are your plans this Christmas? Well, I'm going down to Queen Creek to hang out with the family for uh, Christmas Day. Uh, I actually have all of next week off. Um, My job basically, it's a factory job, so it shuts down. Um, They're going to fix a bunch of stuff, clean everything, you know, get us ready for the new year. So that's awesome. Uh, Paid vacation basically for a week. So, yeah, it's going to be good. Uh, You know, retool myself basically. Uh, that's that's pretty sweet, actually. I am going to be heading to our hometown tomorrow sometime, tomorrow being as Christmas Eve. Uh have to go to my aunt's, which is annual. It's pretty regular thing we do on Christmas Eve nowadays. And, uh, and then Christmas Day, just Christmas with my intermediate family, which is going to be uh, actually great. I like... I if there's anything to come out of the uh, pandemic, I have enjoyed the smaller family get-togethers. It's and you know what's funny, I think a lot of people share that same sentiment. Definitely, yeah. If you're uh, if you're getting ready to go back to Cresco, Iowa, you do need to start saying things wrong. I think you met immediate family. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super- yeah. It's, uh, no, I haven't. I haven't actually been back to Cresco in about eleven years. So it's been a minute. Yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, do you think you're ever going to venture back there? Uh, well, I mean, not really. Pretty much all my family either lives in West Iowa or Southern Minnesota. So there's really no real need to venture south of the border, um, you know, for East Iowa, East Minnesota. So. Yeah, I know, right? It's Mapes Pizza isn't even there anymore. So it's like you can't even take someone back there and be like, hey, I used to work there. Because, used to work at this dump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know, like, what happened to him. I, are you even aware if, like, the main site is still open? I do believe that the Decora site is still open. But I think that 
that building might have gotten condemned uh, as far as restaurants go. And then, obviously, it's Cresco, Iowa. No one's going to fix it up because there's just no. no value in it. Even the most popular restaurant in town shut down because they didn't have enough business. So, Yeah, that the town is dying. And, I mean, even when we were there, it basically consisted of old people. And with old people comes, you know, obviously, uh, they're all dying off and none of the kids want to stay no. there because there's no jobs. And a lot of them aren't like, hey, I want to get out of high school and work at a factory that I saw my parents become miserable at. You know, it's not not a lot oh, of keeping them there. Yeah, I mean, they I mean, well, I mean, I imagine we're talking about Featherlight and not yeah. Donaldson's Featherlight. They watch their parents just get chewed up and spit out. By that company so yeah they're not gonna want to i mean like tyler's dad worked at donaldson's and he seemed pretty happy there so Wait, he might have been in management though i do believe he worked his way up into like a position of authority uh from the floor but yeah i mean he he did pretty well everyone i know who worked at donaldson's it almost seemed like they had an office job like they kind of felt like they were a little bit uh i don't know how you say it a little bit like happier like they're, you know, they had a bit of a glow to them and not like Featherlight. It just, it felt like that person was having like their soul sucked out by like an alien on their, on their back almost. So <laughs> I think it was uh, about a month ago or maybe even more recent because uh, my, my aunt still works there yeah. and she said damn near like a quarter to half of the factory was out with COVID symptoms. So uh, they got oh. hit. Yeah, they got hit pretty hard there. Um, I, I don't know. COVID's hitting. I mentioned this before, but it's hitting uh, pretty hard in like the Midwest. And there's a girl I work with who was at the hospital like last week, I believe it was. And yeah, she basically said if you go in the hospital, you're kind of quarantined off. And they have like this whole huge wing in the hospital designated just for like ICU COVID patients and all of that. So mm -hmm. uh, hopefully you don't have to go to the ER around here anytime soon because you <laughs> might have a trouble getting a, uh, a bed unless like your arms are falling off or something because it didn't sound like there was much space left. But. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's kind of weird. A lot of my news feed right now is taken up by like talk about Omicron and basically saying if you got I think my phone knows that I got the Johnson and Johnson because it's trying to tell me, oh, you know, you should go get the Pfizer or the Moderna or whatever the two shot ones. And I'm right. like, no, no, I'm good. I got the I got the one shot. I'm done. I got it. <laughs> I'm good. Well, the their initial predictions about Omicron or what Omicron or Cron, whatever it is, is it's a lot more contagious, but it's not, it's not really sending people to the hospital, I guess, if that makes sense, um, like Delta was. So that, as far as the lifespan of a virus goes, is a, uh, is a good thing to happen, I guess. You know, it's like the, whatever the, the viruses always like dwindle themselves out. You know what I mean? Yeah, apparently I was reading if you have the if you have, well, I guess they're saying that the two vaccine shots or if you have like a booster, basically you might not even realize that you have it. It might just be like, you know, 24 hours of a mild you know sinus infection or, a you know, a, like a cold. And then that's it. So, well, I can tell you uh, this past month, you it, it, where I live, it's so dry out, right? You yeah. would. <laughs> You'd wake up and your nose would hurt from being dry, maybe even your throat. So you probably wouldn't even know if you had an illness like that because you generally wake up feeling like shit from the dry air anyway. Or at least that's how I felt. Um, yeah. Today's been bad. My fingers are like dry as shit and starting to crack. Do you remember that? That shit is so fucking annoying. Or like your legs Boy. get really dry. Yeah, you always had it worse than everybody else. Um, yeah. I remember you would you would start to like grow scales almost yeah. from dry skin pretty much. Uh, I never had it that bad. Um, get over in Arizona, it's kind of the opposite. With all the wet air, everyone you can hear like is hacking up shit, and the colds are you know making their runs around. So right, uh, yeah. it's a difference of two worlds, I guess. 
Um, the lucky thing is, I think yesterday, we haven't hit zero or below zero yet, but we got to five degrees. So we're we're like nice. we're like having a little foreplay with it. You know, January is when that comes into play. Definitely. Yeah, we had uh, it rain the past. I guess there was some rain in California that moved into Arizona. So we've had rain the past few days. So it has it, it's cooled off a little bit, but it's still in the 50s, 60s during the day. So, you, you know what I wanted to ask you? I don't I don't think I brought this up last week. Um uh, but you know how they're concerned about the f- uh permafrost freezing in or unthawing in Russia and like it yes. unleashing diseases and whatever. Somebody had an article that there's like a little village in Russia somewhere where that was starting to happen and the whole village got hit with anthrax. Oh, really? Yeah. Like some primeval form of, or primordial form of anthrax? Yeah. That's kind of scary. That's kind of scary. And then I keep hearing they're going to bring back the woolly mammoth to like, I don't, eat it or like something. I, I, something like that. Uh, Are you opposed or pro bringing back the mammoth? Well, the woolly mammoth, I mean, at first they thought that basically it was, it just kind of like its habitat died off. That's what they originally thought, but they think that it might have gotten hunted to death, basically like hunted out of its just European home. Um, I think the woolly mammoth was furthest, the furthest reach south, it was like maybe the Mediterranean. And when the climate started changing, obviously the ice age ended, um, it might have gotten kind of both of those things its habitat died and hunted to extinction i mean we could have it kind of in a you know i mean we have penguins living in la at at zoos right now so we could obviously house it if we wanted to but i don't think it would be like the full-blooded like woolly mammoth from ten thousand years ago i think it would be like part african or asian elephant but it'd mostly just be like to look at you know so you you don't think they the plan is to bring him back to see i always heard the plan was to bring him back and they would like eat up the poisonous stuff that comes with the melting permafrost i don't know where oh, they get I have, I have no idea about that no see, they couldn't i, I don't think they could live in those habitats anymore in russia yeah i think when it starts to warm up um they would have to go further and further north but uh yeah i don't know maybe if they mixed him with you know elephants from other parts of the world maybe they might survive that's one of those weird kind of like gattaca type things where what does that lead to you know yeah in humans because you know they you know the ultimate goal is to warm us up just like the sixth day or not the sixth day just like in uh the arnold schwarzenegger movie about cloning i don't think i've ever finished i i never finished that movie good or bad yeah it was, uh, for the time, it was good. It's not so good anymore. <laughs> but basically, they were doing, they called it repet. They were cloning people's pets, and that was just to warm them up to the idea of cloning humans. So that's where all the money was going to be, was to clone, you know, dead humans, basically. Ah, okay. So, all right. Do you it think- seems like, it, yeah, it seems like all of these little things that they want to do with, like, extinct animals or our own animals that are around right now kind of seems like it's something where they want to do like genetics in humans, kind of like the commercialization of it. So, okay. Would you be opposed if they did like the Jurassic park thing brought dinosaurs back? Yes, I would. would. Yeah. Um, I would be opposed to it just because I know that humans aren't infallible and no system is infallible so they would fuck up at some point um <laughs> and i mean we already have dinosaurs around today they're all over the place they're called birds so that's oh, just kind of what they evolved into i figured you were gonna say dinosaur um crocodiles and alligators and uh what's the other sturgeon and isn't there like some turtles that are like hot x amount a million years old Oh, yeah, there are, I mean, related to dinosaurs, um, kind of uh, one of those deals where all of the dinosaurs, like, died off, and that's kind of where, like, the avians came in. Like, it was, like, dinosaurs, and then you see on, like, the G- the the timeline, dinosaurs died off, and then they kind of evolved into birds. Well, I mean so, that- And then there was also, like, related animals that were still around, like crocodiles and all of that, so. Well, you got to remember, though. That's only if you believe in evolution. 
That's true. The Earth is, of course, six thousand years old. <laughs> you know, the Earth, the Earth, the universe was created. Then the flood happened. I mean, read the Bible sometime. Uh, you know what's interesting? We weren't that far out of Catholic school when, when you know, Paul was talking about that. And even in that moment, I first off, I'd never heard someone believes that shit before. And coming from a Catholic background, and you and you're like, that shit is even crazier than the shit they're talking about. Yeah, the shit that uh, the shit that they were telling us was it was kind of weird because on the one hand, in religion class, they would tell us, oh yeah, you know, um, God created the earth, but they would never give us dates. They never gave us like a timeline of when this happened. It was just God created the earth. Then science class would come and be like, dinosaurs lived millions of years ago. Here's what their bones look like. Here's where we're finding them. Blah 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 blah. And it was so like it was so weird that they had to teach both. You know, and you could tell like the non-nun teachers always taught that part of religion or always taught that part of science. They always had to caveat with, of course, God created the universe, blah, 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 blah. But here's how evolution happened. You know what I mean? Like they kind of like peppered in evolution as much as they could. You know, you know, what was interesting. I the last time I was home, for some reason, I got a letter from that school. Oh, obviously, they're asking for uh, donation money. money. But yeah. the interesting thing is they were starting to, or on the thing it said, it claimed they were a STEM school, which my understanding was is they teach STEM. I th- I'm pretty sure it's STEM. Uh, and it's like, usually those are like, how did I hear it? Those are like almost specialized schools that teach kids about science. Technology. Uh, yeah, yeah. All that. Like all the old. You know, it's not. It can't be. Because when we went there, they didn't put a dollar into computers. The computers had to be donated, pretty much. Well, I mean, I we've been out of school a long time, obviously. That's true. Uh, but actually, since it was just my birthday like a week ago, and you've already been 36, we've been out of, we've been out of school as long as we were in school, right? Well, well, yeah, uh, we've been out of school as long as we had graduated. So yeah. 18 years after 18 years old. So yeah. double that time. Scary Doesn't notion. seem like it. Doesn't seem like it. No, because for some reason, as you get older, the time just fucking zooms by. I don't. Uh, you just keep busy with monotonous tasks and and working and whatever else you decide to fill your time with. Video games, podcasting, whatever. You know, you kind of. Or married life, like some people might. <laughs> Suckers out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll uh, get sucked into that life someday, but uh, not yet. Eventually succumbing in the future. Yeah, uh, right. well, it's more and more popular to wait until you're in your you know mid to late thirties nowadays. So, well, yeah, you gotta. Uh, you can't afford really to have children <laughs> at a young age anymore. They're too too damn expensive. Yeah, if you can help it. So, yeah, it, but I was, I was going to say about Notre Dame, I don't remember them. I, I remember them foregoing the math class if we didn't have enough time in the day to teach religion and other classes. I remember they would cancel, like if we had half days, they would cancel us having like math, science, all of those classes, if they could still pop in an hour of religion. So, I mean, this is the first course you took of the day. I remember that pretty vividly. Yeah, that's what I mean. They would never cancel religion to have math class. Or, like, even if we were supposed to have, like, testing or something, it would always be religion. So that was always the most important class of the day there. So you and I is not a private um, university, is it? No. Northern Iowa? No, it's not. Okay. I was going to say there's... I'm, like, really shocked at the amount of colleges here that aren't like the U of M or uh, man, I think Minnesota State, I think is Mankato, but yeah. um, like a lot of them have don't aren't on the surface don't appear to be religious schools, but a lot of them are like either Protestant, Methodist, Lutheran colleges, but they obviously don't put that in the title of the school's name. I always thought that was kind of weird. Yeah. In order to get federal funding, obviously, you can't, you know, announce that shit. But there is always, like, a background in it. It's not like you're forced to take those classes, like, at a private school. But 
like their background, especially who started them and kind of who their boosters are, you know. Yeah. There's that kind of deal. Yeah. I and got- you can you can see it in the rules that they have for like on campus living and stuff. So there might be a public university, but they might have like weird rules about like if if uh, male and female students can be like housed in the same buildings or you know how that goes like some of their even if you're allowed to be in like a guy's allowed to be in a you know woman's dorm or vice versa to even like study that kind of situation some of those schools even though they're public schools have those kind of rules just because that's what they're allowed to govern okay so i never stayed in dorms but like you did you at you and i yeah, you and I, I did. Okay, so obviously they're probably not going to put a guy and a girl in the same room, but like across the hall, was it you in like an all-male wing? Or could there be, did they mix them all? Yeah, so the the dorms were kind of set up in like, it wasn't like just one long building. They were kind of like, there were wings attached to like the main core of the building. So like on one floor... There would be like an entire wing would be dudes, but then like right down the hall, there would be like a woman's wing. And then on, you know, alternating floors, it was just like however many, you know, they needed to have. So like one semester, they might have one wing be a girl's dorm. But then if they had more male students, they might turn that into the male door, a male wing, you know like the next semester so even though you were on the same floor you were never like in the same wing so you never shared like the same bathroom because they just had like one bathroom so if you were like hanging out in like if you had a friend who was in the you know the girl's wing or if your girlfriend lived down there basically you would have to go find like a dude's wing to go find a bathroom so jesus what were the uh what are the bathrooms like they're quite crowded no i mean Every wing had a bathroom, so you're talking about maybe, like, 60 people sharing a bathroom. So, obviously, not everyone's using it at the same yeah. time of day. So, you know, everyone, I mean, everyone has classes that start different. Some people, their first classes start at 8. Some people's first classes that day might start at noon. So, you were kind of, you know. That's I mean, at true. night, if you if you tried to go there to take a shower before you went to bed at, like, 9 o'clock at night... You might be waiting in line, you know, but they were all private showers. There was, it wasn't like a public thing. Okay. Have you ever heard of, I think it's Stout, Stout University in Wisconsin? No, I haven't. Okay. So if I remember, there was a lot of people who claimed they had co-ed bathrooms and showers there. I imagine what they had, it wasn't, (laughs) it wasn't like Starship Troopers. No, no, not like that. They had like closed off, like, you know, showers. Some colleges have that. Yeah, where it's like dudes and chicks can shower in the same room. Obviously, they're not like, yeah, like he's a Starship Trooper style. (laughs) I don't know if the world is ready for or will ever be ready for a Starship Trooper style uh, showering system. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, it's weird. It would, you would have to almost be indoctrinated in it from youth, like from birth. You would have to be indoctrinated in that system, because it would be, you know, some people the way that they're brought up just couldn't handle it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like either they couldn't handle it, or they would think that was some. You know, there's some dudes out there who would think that was just like an invitation. Yeah. You know. Absolutely. You know, there'd be a creeper so jerking be off in the creepers. Back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, speaking of Starship Troopers and that particular scene, here's the other thing. I i don't know if I've ever seen a, like, shower, say, where you can just pull the chain and then lift the chain up to turn the water on and off. It's kind of neat. Um, that's, That was, like, the old style of, like, public showers. The like, chain? the old, the old school was, like, a chain. Uh, you see in, like, old movies, like Porky's, basically, it was, like, a shower around, like, like five showers around a tower, and then you just pull on the chain. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't, uh, I haven't seen that either. In England, the shower basically had a chain that you would pull to turn the hot water on. I remember your, the shower in your home uh, in England was quite different than <laughs> what we're used to here. Yeah, you need to be taught how to use it before. <laughs> you can't just go in and turn a dial. Uh, basically, 
Yeah, you had to pull a chain in order to turn the hot water on. Then you had to go over and basically like turn a turn the water on. Um, it was weird. It's because in in Europe or in England, they're not allowed to have like light switches in the bathroom or power outlets in the bathroom. So everything is done with chains so that you don't like shock yourself, basically. I figured it was just because of the how old the infra- infrastructure is there. Like no, that's it's all rules on governing basically like what's allowed in bathrooms. It's just so you don't accidentally have a radio fall into the tub. It's like a public safety thing. So okay, you're, I you're not you're not free to accidentally kill yourself like you are in America. <laughs> oh, very true. Uh, some people have a goddamn TV sitting above their uh, bathtub here. I know that for certain. I want girls probably. Here's the thing though. If you're in the bathroom, you have a big sink, and you're curling or straightening your hair or whatever you're doing, I feel like it'd be safer on that surface than if you're doing it in your bedroom and setting that hot thing on something that's more flammable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, every girl that I knew in England would always do their makeup and their hair. They would do it basically in, they would dry their hair just in the living room or do their hair like in the living room. None of them, like, would do their, had, like, the big vanity. Like, that's the thing about the English, like, bathrooms, too. They all had very small sinks. There was no vanity. No vanities. So, I did like I did like the, like, toilet. Uh, the, the two-button system. You know, you got the, if you're going number one, it's just, like, a little water to flush you. You're going number two, then you get... The, the full, yeah. yeah. The typical and American flush. It's it's still not going to be the American flush of you know it's still going to be a European the the toilets in Germany were were really bad for for just because of the water flow reasons and how much water they allowed to be in in there so it's aren't, not it wasn't very good aren't Germans known for uh, taking big dumps what <laughs> yeah they uh, that's the weird thing they all, all they eat is sauerkraut and beer see so it's weird that they only let a little bit of water out. But <laughs> uh, speaking of that, you excited for anything in particular, like food wise for Christmas? Um, we're going to have uh steak. So really or prime rib, whatever. Yeah, we always do okay. something like that for Christmas. Did so you... that's what we're going to have. And then all of the, you know, regular Christmas stuff. We're going to have the little, little Debbie Christmas trees. We found them. So that was nice. What are you guys going to have? Uh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, I know. So. Ever since I've existed in this planet, on Christmas Eve, my grandma always made uh, oyster stew, right? It's not for everybody. It's okay. It's pretty good. Um, And my aunt has carried on that tradition. Well, now one of my cousin's children is like deathly sick of, or he's deathly allergic to shellfish. Like, it can't even be in the house. So this is the first year... That there will not be any oyster stew for Christmas. Oh, I would buy that child an extra big present because I hate the smell of oyster stew. <laughs> did yeah, you ever it's ha- not good. Did you? Are you? Did you, you probably never had uh, like my grandma's, huh? No, but I did have my grandma Dolores's. Okay, oyster on. stew, and it was fucking terrible. Uh, what did she so. put? What was like the main? Is it like a milk? Soup it wasn't almost. love. That's for goddamn sure. Um, yeah, no, it was milk. Okay. Ugh, I can't even think about it. It smelled so bad. God, I forgot. I wanted to make lefsa for Christmas. I do you like lefsa? Um, not really. Uh, not it depends really. on what you put in it. So, well, I mean, sometimes with like brown sugar and stuff, it tastes good, but depends I, on who makes it and what they put in it. I'd assume that's kind of. Why don't main... you tell everyone what lefsa is? Because not everyone knows what lefsa is. Okay, so, God, I don't even know if I know how to describe it necessarily. It's like a giant potato-based pancake or crepe. It's more like a crepe. Like, imagine yeah. a giant potato crepe. Um, and then you generally, people will smother it in butter. Uh, I'm used to cinnamon and sugar in it, like yeah. white sugar. But yes, I have heard the brown sugar is popular too. And then you roll it up uh, like a fucking tortilla or burrito, I guess. And then you just cut it in little pieces and eat it. Or you can eat it 
whole like that. It's quite good. I I really like it. It's classic Norwegian dish. Um, yeah, it's very good. I I really like that. I uh, only my grandma really makes it, and I think every time every other time I've had it, it's been store bought. It's just not the same. We kind of fell out of eating it kind of once my they didn't really continue on the tradition. I do remember having it when I was a kid. But yeah, it's one of those deals where you move away from those places and you just don't even hear about it anymore. So you don't even like think to eat it. Well, I thought you were primarily Irish. No, I'm primarily Czech. Okay. Czech German. Okay. Well, interesting. There's one more thing I wanted to ask you food related. And this has been driving me nuts. Do you remember when we were really little that bakery that Cresco used to have? Yes. Okay, so they had these cookies and they were like, I don't know, five to six inch in size sugar cookies. And then they'd have some sort of weird frosting on the top. And then usually like they'd airbrush some sort of pitcher on it or stencil on it or anything. Do you remember these? Yes, I do. Yeah, it was... uh. It was the bakery, and the storefront had orange, like, plates on the wall. Yes. The the orange, yeah. It's like the one bakery in town. It would be shut down and open back up at different times with different owners. But yeah, I do remember those cookies. Okay, so can you recall, I think the base was a sugar cookie. Am I correct in that? Yeah, no, they were just regular sugar cookies. But the frosting is different than any anything I've had. And I, well, they were. It was like a super solid frosting. Like the frosting wasn't like gooey at all. It was a solid frosting. That's what I remember. Because mm. actually, this week, I I wanted to try to make those because we started talking about them. Like, God, this sounds fucking amazing. So mm-hmm. I made these huge six-inch fucking sugar cookies. Right? They were really good. Um, and I tried to make a frosting for them, but I kind of made like this hybrid cream cheese buttercream uh, frosting, which was really good, but it just wasn't quite the same as those cookies. I took them to work, and everybody devoured them pretty fast, which was good. Free free sweets at work. Yeah, they usually get taken down pretty quick. (laughs) But uh, I don't know. I, I want to try to remake those cookies. I don't know why. I just like... I really like them, and I think you can only really find them at one of those just classic mom-and-pop bakeries. My my mom said for my birthday, because we're kind of celebrating that on Christmas Day, um, yeah. that she got some from that bakery that is in Cresco now. So I'm going to be curious if it tastes even remotely similar to what I'm thinking of. Okay, is she going to get them fresh that day, or does she have them already? Because I was going to say, they're not going to be as good. If they're Um, not fresh? Yeah, I remember you pretty much had to get them. Everyone went and got them that morning to get them fresh. I I don't know. She says she's ordered ordered me some of them. Uh, Oh, okay, so it's not like she's already picked them up. No, 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 no. Oh, okay, yeah. She might pick up the stuff tomorrow. I don't know entirely, but I guess I'll find out. I'm genuinely looking forward to them. I've been in like this baking mood lately, and I don't really know why. You like, I don't really know. I haven't been to your place in a while. Are you have you been into like cooking for yourself? Or are you still kind of like eating out a little bit? Or what's your diet recently? <laughs> it's uh, it's gone a weird, weird location. Yeah. Uh, I uh, so I've been trying to eat in a little bit more um trying not to eat out as much as i used to so it's kind of one of my new year's thing is to eat out less uh less i don't eat any more fast food but try to eat food from like restaurants less yeah instead of like getting takeout just kind of get uh you know make food at home it's it's really it's it's honestly hard because you're, you're cooking for one person and like cooking meals at home aren't necessarily meant for one person you know what i mean yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of hard, especially nowadays with, um, you know, getting around. Everybody's really busy right now, so it's easy just to stop and pick something up if you've got stuff to do after work with uh, the holidays coming up. But hey, you know what? Yeah. You can could you can congratulate yourself on one thing that 
you aren't at least you're picking it up and not adding like that extra eight dollar charge for DoorDash constantly. Yeah, no, I, I'm not into that yet. So I'm not into DoorDash of turning a twelve dollar meal into a like twenty four dollar meal after the tip. <laughs> so yeah, and your food's coming to your cold anyway, no matter what. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of the bad thing about it. But uh, well, uh, we've been chit chatting here for quite a while, Phil. I suppose we ought to uh, pack it up and uh, get ready for Santa coming, if you believe in him. Uh, <laughs> but uh, we it's just Chase want... is his birthday. <laughs> yes, we should all. Uh, they should do plays reenacting his crucifixion. Maybe that would be a fun time for the kids. But uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, we just want to thank everybody who's taken the time to listen to our show. Leave us a review on iTunes. We greatly appreciate it. You guys are still doing that and kicking ass. Uh, all the people who reached us, reached out to us, where can they do that, Phil? Yeah, they can hit us up on our email, uh, subliminaldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, we also like to hear you know, re- show recommendations and everything from there. Uh, it's also great to hear maybe some stories like we heard from Nate earlier. Uh, I'd even better way to get a hold of us on our Instagram account, Subliminal Deception Podcast on IG. Uh, same thing, you know, we've actually been getting quite a few followers in the last month or two. So it seems like we've been getting, you know, three or four a day. So thanks for that. Thanks for everyone who, you know, looks that up. Uh, Cody and I both have our own Instagram accounts. Mine is SDPodPhil. Cody, you got one? Yeah, give me a follow on Instagram. I am trying actually to get back on there a little bit. So. But uh, thank you to everybody who's reached out to me as well on my personal one. I greatly appreciate the uh, lovely comments you leave me. So, well, guys, we're going to wish you a uh, Merry Christmas or whatever holiday you decide to uh, celebrate this winter season. We'll uh, we'll be back in a week with year-end recap, which is an awesome, one of my favorite episodes of the year to do. We'll see you guys next week. Happy Festivus. (laughs) 